Trash Cinema. Welcome to Trash Cinema. This episode will be discussing the strange, bizarre, theatrical career of Hulk Hogan. I'm your host, Michael, and Andrew's on the other side with me. How are you doing, Andrew? Good, Michael. Good, man. It's been way too long, but <laughs> glad that we can finally sit down. I know our schedules have been crazy and, yeah. and whatnot. And then, of course, you know, lovely life happens, but glad to be here. You know, first time on, on Trash Cinema. Uh, reviewing a lot of the, the hoaxer stuff <laughs> yeah we talked about it um because on back in tunes yeah we did what maybe five six episodes uh about um the cartoon network exclusives originals and uh yeah. i think at the end of the last one which i think was march of 2018 you and i talked yeah. about hey let's do an episode where we watch like old wrestling stuff mm-hmm. and i yep, thought yeah and uh Hulk, I mean, what better way to start than, you know, Hulk Hogan? I mean, yeah. the, the epitome, the epitome of wrestling, brother. <laughs> this is kind of a tester because um, on our new show, Hit Rewind, we're going to be discussing all sorts of retro stuff. It's I, I kind of got uh, tangled up in like, well, should I do this in a cartoon? Should I do this in video games? Should I do this on, you know, so and so. I have so many shows and I decided, you know what? I'm going to end all these shows within the next you know, four months or so. And it's just going to be hit rewind where we just discuss whatever is nostalgic. So it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and there's there's so many different categories of nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, whether it be you know video games or cartoons or or of course wrestling, which yeah. which is always something I've been into since I was five. So yeah, and and of course I think the best way to start that is with the first WrestleMania. So next year. We'll be doing that. We'll probably do the first Royal Rumble, and then we'll just jump through the years, like one every two or three years. Because wrestling, I think some people don't realize, wrestling has a big turnover in the cycle of people coming in and out as the stars. It happens fast. Yeah, it definitely does. And there's always, like, I mean, if you're a fan of wrestling, you know, like, there's definitely seasons, and there are people that are hot, you know, one minute, and then they just kind of fall off the radar the next. Yeah. But, you know, wrestling, especially, you know, I've, I've gotten back into it my, my later years, uh, you know, had, had the privilege of going to some, you know, to WrestleMania and a lot of shows, you know, now that now that I make the money and, and can afford these things, you know, <laughs> as a kid, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I wish I could go. But my parents will never, you know, never be able to afford this. But, uh, you know, it, it's awesome, you know, watching it again. I'm, I'm definitely into it again. They, they, they definitely got me hooked, uh, you know, but it, it's, it's entertaining. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, it, it's it's very very enjoyable to me right now. So yeah, it's when it broke out. Uh, it was around '85. That's when the first WrestleMania was. I believe it was '85 or '86. And NBC started airing specials with wrestling on Friday nights. And Hulk Hogan became like the go-to all-American man. It's kind of funny though. He doesn't, in retrospect, he doesn't seem to have that leading man status because. Yeah, he had the manly mustache, but they, there typically wasn't a lot of bald heroes or balding. Yeah, and and I know it's funny. Like I, I listened to a couple other you know podcasts about some things wrestling wise, you know, just on my free time and on my drives, and you know it, it's kind of funny because they went through great lengths to like prevent him not only from balding, but like even to go in and digitally enhance like you know his his the back of his scalp and to make sure you know when. When he's in the ring, you know, not being able to have camera shots that are too high to see his bald spot. Wow. And uh, it's kind of, kind of funny, you know, you think about the, the great lengths they went to kind of protect that image and, and really protect that character. Uh, and even, like, in his later years now, when you see him, like, he's, I mean, he's got some 
some fake hair underneath the uh, the, the bandana there. You can kind <laughs> really? of tell, but I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if you've seen. Uh, you know, you, if you take a look at anything he's done recently, or any like appearances he's done recently, like you can just see like the you know the tracks of, of you know something fake behind behind <laughs> there. But I mean, granted, now he's a lot older. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there isn't there isn't much of the golden locks anymore, but. You know, you gotta you gotta protect kayfabe when it comes to wrestling. You, you kind of always got to do that. So, the uh, so his peak, and it's it's really surprising to me, is that a studio would sign up. Mind you, it was a, a an independent studio, New Line Cinema, would sign Hulk Hogan up to basically play Hulk Hogan in <laughs> just a movie about wrestling. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and and it's funny because of how how incredibly popular he was. Like, I mean. He's, he's in everything, not just, you know, he made the transition to movies, there's obviously cartoons about him, you know, merchandising was crazy when it comes to Hulk Hogan, and, you know, what what better way to, to segue that, I know, you know, when we talk about, you know, the entertainment business with, with wrestling, you know, Vince McMahon, somebody that has always, like, done cinema or tried to get in the cinema, and, and what what better way to, to, to have, you know, you know, a segue into that than have Hulk Hogan be the star of any movie. Yeah, but it's so funny. Is why don't I just do the Hulk Hogan story? Show his rise to the ranks to become our biggest star instead of basically what was his name in this? Like Rip or something like that? Uh, yeah, the No Holds Barred. It was it was Rip uh, Rip something. But you know, it, it, it and it, that's the one thing. Like uh, it, it's really interesting because you know you have you have wrestlers in the movie that kind of play them play themselves. Um, and, and, and it, it's funny, like you see those people and, and you're like, oh, hey, like there's, I believe it was like Brutus the Barber Beefcakes in it. And, uh, you know, a couple other wrestlers, I think I saw, um, one of the Samoans, like the craziest Samoans in it and Kamala was in it. And the, they're all characters that are playing themselves. But then, you know, you look at, at Rip and he's, he's totally opposite. He's not wearing the, the traditional red and yellow. He's wearing, you know, some blue and, uh, and some craziness in there, but, um, I mean, it, it's 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 odd, but I mean, it's it's the first you know kind of way to to make a movie and not have it be solely about that character. I guess they yeah. maybe wanted to go on their own. What what I find is interesting is I would think that wrestlers would be I mean, they're kind of are in the last decade tailor made to be leads in action movies, but for some reason whatever they're doing in their little character pieces when they do uh you know like the, what what do you call that i'm not too keen on how what the the lingo is for wrestling but you know the the segments where they interview them they're like i'm going to take you down the next one or whatever what is that called uh they're kind of like vignettes or or sometimes like you know backstage interview type things okay. if, it's, if it's live you know a lot of times with wrestling you know depending on a lot of this stuff obviously is pre-taped um, but you know they have you know the the kind of you know backstage interviews and and you know they go through lengths of having sets you know it's a little more complicated now you know do they have sets and things like that but um, you know they they do have some vignettes where you know maybe you're advertising a wrestler or you know advertising a matchup coming up and and they do some some uh, some kind of like backstory things I know like they've done you know really popular ones like the Million Dollar Man like showing them in mansions and yeah and stuff like that like really like really cool mr perfect ones of, of him just you know hitting home runs like nothing or shooting threes and just you know making a swish in them and everything so um but yeah the backstage interviews and, and things like that is what, what they kind of do to, to to get people hyped up and uh you know if you if you're hot in the mic if you can talk like obviously Hulk Hogan was like you, you had a lot of charisma in doing that and they wanted to push that 
Yeah, and it seems like they're, they're tailor-made right there. That is acting. That is your character. They know how to build that. For some reason, it rarely ever translates, though, to the big screen. Yeah, and, and that's I think that's the hard thing is, you know, somebody is really good at that gimmick. And, you know, Hulk Hogan, obviously, like, his, his gimmick is the all-American, you know, hero, the, the person who tells all the kids to eat their vitamins and say their prayers and drink their milk and, you know, he did that, and then his his other his only other gimmick really was, you know, when he turned heel as part of the NWO, um, you know, another time with WCW. But you know, really, like his claim to fame are those two gimmicks, one more than, than anything. And I think it's really hard to to play someone normal but also be known as Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I mean, I think as as time would go on, he would break out from this. I mean, almost immediately though, with uh, the next movie, Suburban Commando, is when he starts to really build a character. But in this, he is essentially just Hulk Hogan. And I do not miss the all intensity. Like he was him and the uh, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage were like like I I thought a vein was going to burst because they were so intense. Yeah, you know, Macho Man is you know Macho Man is is really one of those characters that you know you always think about and you know the way that you know he would he would really be meticulous about things. His promos were awesome. You know, I've I've, I've I've heard things about how his matches were all like pre-planned and every move had to be, you know, detailed and planned out. And, and he was really meticulous in that. But, um, you know, thinking about Macho Man, my always like as a kid, I loved to watch him, but my, my very favorite, like, you know, time seeing him was in the Spider-Man movie, uh, as a uh, bone saw, which is yeah. always, always hilarious. And I make a lot of references when I'm working. You know? <laughs> I'm always like bone saws ready. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, things like that. I mean, it, it's, it's classic. And then, of course, like his Slim Jim commercials are always classic. Yeah. yeah and the plot of this one basically is there is a network, which is like an NBC, which is trying to hire over their big star from another network and goes to just such ridiculous levels. And I got to say, Kurt Fuller as our, you know, the head of the executive is so insanely over the top that he makes Hulk Hogan look subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty out there in, in, in this one, and it's, it's really funny. I, I you know I think it's funny when uh, he's, he's you know he's threatening Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and then a lot of, some of those uh, scenes you know he writes down the check. He's like, you know, you big buffoon, you're gonna sign before you leave, and um, you know really it, 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 it's funny you know watching it, and that's the first one that I watched in preparation for this. And, I think I, you know, I, I messaged you on Facebook about it. Like, it's just, this is like, this is really funny. Like, I'm, I'm already laughing about it. I almost wonder if it's intentionally a comedy. I mean, I watched it and I was like, I think they know exactly what they're doing. This isn't unintentional. This, you know, like what we know when there's a bad movie where they're just completely clueless and sincere. I think for the most part, they knew that they were almost doing a parody of wrestling. <laughs> well, and, and I know, like, you know. Obviously, Vince McMahon had a lot of input in a lot of this stuff, and you know some of the stuff that that goes on. Like I just, you know, you think, oh, that's totally something Vince would do, or that's totally, it seemed like something you'd see in, in the WWE, you know, E or or you know, that's that definitely we've seen that before. And uh, you know, I, I I couldn't help but laugh like seeing Hulk Hogan like normally dressed, but in tights and and a bandana and. You know, <laughs> some of the stuff he was wearing, like as normal clothes, was was, was a little weird to see in, in the movie. But I mean, hey, you know, to each their own. 
The uh, I'm gonna say this: the set dressing and the cinematography on such a low budget movie was actually really good. When they go searching for the guys for the Battle of the Tough Guys, by the way, Battle of the Tough Guys is a really stupid name. It should have been like Battle of the Beast or something like that. Tough Guys is so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's kind of funny because some of those tough guys are actual you know, wrestlers as well, and people that. You know, I'm assuming, you know, we're kind of already on the, the payroll. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure they saved some money by not having to, to go in and, and pay some actors to do this, you know, just to kind of, you know, show up and, and wrestle somebody, you know, in, in the movie. So, um, you know, there, there's some things like that. I do know that um, the beginning scene uh, when when they, uh, or I think Rip, uh, he, he wrestles like in the beginning, uh, that that's actually like, you know, people paid money to see that one match. Like people were in that arena to see Hulk Hogan, and you know, obviously we're we're given this merchandise, but like they didn't have to pay extras to sit in an arena. Like they they sold tickets, so <laughs> they made money making yeah. the movie. I always wonder about about sports movies when they have a huge audience, and sometimes they say, "Well, we went out during the seventh inning stretch for a week, you know, and filmed during those sequences." And nowadays, it seems to be all blue screen. But back then, a low-budget movie couldn't afford, you know, that that kind of thing. So they probably had to hop in in, in their own wrestling matches, and, and just like, look, guys, we're gonna be filming this. Uh, we need you to sign these waivers, but you're gonna be part of the movie. But this is, you know, this is gonna be an actual wrestling match, and yeah, I, I can see that happening. And I think that's what why this movie stands the test of time is that it is ridiculous, but clearly some care went into the absurdity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I mean, think about it. Like Hulk Hogan is so so such a polarizing figure. Like people are paying money to watch one like match, <laughs> you know, or even like pieces of a match because, of course, it's you know it's something that's going to be filmed. So you're sure there's a lot of you know, all right, cut, hold on, here we go, and then you know, so Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan's that you know that over that people are going to watch him, you know, pay to watch him for one match. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, yeah that that or I could see maybe they had warm-up matches before they started filming. Something to give you your money's worth. Yeah, yeah, and but you know, again, like all that that fake like uh, rip them like merchandise to get to everybody. Like it's, I mean, they they definitely, you know, I'm sure people went home with some of those and paid for some of those as well. So yeah, it's um, and this is where we discover tiny. This is so weird. His name is Tom Lister, but it's ti- uh, t- it was nicknamed Tiny Lister for a long time. But because of this movie, he went by Tiny Zeus Lister. So it's yeah. Tony, Tiny, Zeus Lister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think this was, and you know, I've, I've heard in another podcast, some some somebody you know cover a little bit of Millet Holds Bard, and you know uh, he was somebody that they you know actor. He was an actor. He was a football player, but. Uh, he, they actually wanted to try to make an actor, you know, a wrestler, which is, you know, a little different or going backwards in a sense. You know, you, you get um, Hulk Hogan being, you know, an actor of The Rocks, an actor, you know, Stone Cold has been in movies. Obviously, John Cena's in movies. But, you know, this is one of the, the first times where they've chosen an actor. And, like, he made some WWE like, appearances. Like, he had, you know, matches in, in a WWE ring like after this, like, because they, they wanted to create this character to, to, in real life. And, you know, in the WWE side of things, you know, challenge Hulk Hogan and, and battle Hulk Hogan and, you know, who, who better than this, you know, huge, huge guy. And, 
in uh in tiny and and he's you know i mean i know him as debo so yeah <laughs> the uh Oh, I know Mr. T was uh, in the very first WrestleMania, I believe it was 85. And then, yeah, they did Tiny uh, Lister. And I think along the way they've had, what, uh, David Arquette's done some. Scott Kahn showed up when they did Ready to Rumble. But, yeah, it's not very a common occurrence. I think even Van Damme did one before uh, Universal Soldier 2 came out. Yeah, and they've had a couple of athletes. You know, Floyd Mayweather's been in, in the ring. Uh, Lawrence Taylor's been in the ring more famously, too. Um, and, and really like, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard because, you, you know, you, you break into, you know, this industry on a one-off or, you know, in, in, in tiny listers, uh, situation, you know, they're, they're bringing them in and paying them a lot of money to, to kind of have this, this really big spot against Hulk Hogan. And, you know, there's, there's, there's people that have dedicated their lives and, you know, being, being a wrestler, like you're in a fraternity, you know, you're, you're in a brotherhood and, and in some instances, you know, it, I can see how hard it is to have somebody just come in, get paid all this money to take up somebody else's spot. And I know I know that, you know, from from reporting and, and like listening to instances of this happening, like, he, you know, he wasn't really well received in the locker room. And of course, he's he's an actor, you know, he's not a wrestler. So, you know, he's 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 his heart may, may not be in it. And, you know, he's just in there acting and. And he doesn't know how to take a bump or doesn't want to hurt anybody because he's a huge guy. Right. You know, he doesn't know how to how to work necessarily or, you know, quote unquote work. Right. Because, well, the school that they train you, they train you for a really long time. You have to do this right or you could break your neck or something hideous could happen. And an actor just jumps in there. You have no idea what he's going to do. And he could end up getting, like you said, someone gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and this this is one of those movies that was lost for a really long time. I remember when I was collecting VHS, I had a couple of these I sold for a nice penny. And uh, I don't know what the deal was. I think somehow, like, New Line Cinema didn't have the rights, and WWE, Vince McMahon or whatever, didn't uh, have distribution or something like that. So I know for a long time this was one of those, what's ever going to happen? Is this ever going to come out on another format movie? Yeah, and I believe that a couple... A couple of years ago, it came out on Blu-ray as well. Didn't oh, it? okay. Yeah, I yeah, know. I think it's on Blu-ray, but uh, it's 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 obviously become a, a really big cult hit because you know with wrestling and and the, you know, sometimes the absurdity and just the, uh, <laughs> the 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 laughs of it. I mean, I I really wasn't sure if you know to take things seriously or <laughs> or really just to laugh around with it uncomfortably because at times it's just like uh, did, like did that really happen? Is that is that what they picture as real life? <laughs> I say it's totally worth it, but I, I I don't know which version I watched. I watched uh, something on Hulu, and it looked Blu-ray quality, and that's how I noticed all the details. There's a scene where they go to that really nasty bar to you know get people, uh, and I was just shocked at how good the detail was. Yeah, yeah, they they were released it in Blu-ray and kind of kind of touched it up, but yeah, I mean it, it definitely. You know, I watched really the same version on Hulu, um, and it, it's it's something that you know in. The first 15 minutes, I just was like, um, huh, okay, <laughs> you know, enjoyable, and you know, you got to take it, you got to take it, you know, as, as it was back then too. You know, there's right. a lot of things that are happening in that movie where you're just like, uh, like that really, that really just happened. <laughs> and I can't say the same though for his follow-up film, Suburban Commando, which I would say is the best of his movies, but they did not clean that thing up. We watched it, I watched it on Voodoo, and uh, oof. That's a that's barely above VHS. Yeah, and and they you know that obviously that one wasn't touched up. It's not necessarily like one of those cult classics uh, to be touched up. There really probably isn't a huge demand for it. But you know, I I feel like that's probably 
you know, his best of the three that we're talking about now and, and really the character and, uh, you know, him, him kind of being an, an alien per se, like really fit, like kind of being the stoic person. And, you know, he was definitely a, a lot, you know, notch wise down, you know, as far as the intensity and the, the craziness of Hulk Hogan, but it really fit the character, you know, for being, being a, a Martian and being somebody that's not of the world. And, you know, in, in some instances, I feel like they, they hid some of his, his uh, inability to be like, you know, an actor uh, yeah. in that character because, you know, he can be kind of straightforward or he can be monotone in some instances and be okay. Like that's his character. And I think fish out of water movies work really well with guys who don't particularly have the greatest acting talent and pairing him up with somebody like Christopher Lloyd, who Christopher. not an A-lister, but everybody knew who he was and he was in a lot of big movies. So for him to do a movie like this, I would say like, oh yes, it's an independent movie, it's with Hulk Hogan, but Christopher Lloyd, I believe, is first build, and he's he's given a lot of interesting stuff to do that he usually doesn't get to in the bigger movies. Yeah, and he, I mean, he did a great job, and you know, really, really in a sense, did did everything he could in that movie. Like, you know, I mean, he his performance was awesome. I, I enjoyed watching him. I was like, you know, hey, like Christopher Lloyd, like he's a young Christopher Lloyd too. <laughs> so that's always nice to see. And, you know, just just seeing you know his his role in there, you know, being being like the, I believe was he an architect for or an inventor for for the, uh, I mean, his boss. Yeah, I'm actually trying to remember now. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's one of those vague jobs. Yeah, you're right. It is architecture because it was uh, they were trying to do a deal with a J- Japanese company, and it was about like a strip mall or something like that. And his boss was going to steal his idea, and the whole thing is. It's unusual for Christopher Lloyd because he's usually a very wild, eccentric character. And in this, he's so normal and he's kind of mousy. And it's all about him and Hulk Hogan kind of switching places. Christopher Lloyd gets tougher and smarter. And, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan tries to show some of his softer side. And, you know, I think it's the plan was to make him more family friendly, which is a pattern you see with all these big action guys now. Every big action star stops for a minute to do some sort of family movie yeah unless unless you, you know you're the rock and that's what you start off with and then you're just end up being you know a major a major action star after <laughs> yeah, no i think i think it took a while didn't it because he did scorpion king and the rundown and, and doom before he ever did the game plan and stuff like that he did that in the tooth fairy. maybe you're right yeah he did the tooth fairy and did a couple of family movies and uh I mean, now, you know, he's just doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. What, what's the guy um, that's in, uh, uh, like, uh, Blockers, Cock Blockers? What's that guy's name? He's in the uh, Marine. That's John Cena. John Cena. So he's starting to do that because he just did that firefighter family comedy. And I think that's yeah. kind of the pattern that's been set by, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger did do Twins. But big guys <laughs> who are kind of intimidating, they try to do more cop. Yeah, yeah, and they try to do more family-friendly movies. That way, they get a whole new audience, just in case yeah. the action stuff doesn't hold up anymore. Yeah, and of course, you know who could ever forget? It's not a tumor. <laughs> yeah, I love the practical effects of *Suburban Commando*. I miss stuff that wasn't CGI. Yeah, and it, it's really you know even even the monster in the end was just you know it's really kind of straightforward. Nothing, nothing. I mean, at that point, if you do CGI, it's just not too fake. And, and I think. Watching it today, if it was like, oh, it would have been pretty horrible to, to watch. Yeah, and we got the Undertaker um, as well. I forgot that he's one of the. I was gonna say, yeah, the Undertaker kind of makes a little cameo in there, and, and that I, mean, I don't know if anybody really would notice because, of course, he's not not in his his 
black, black hair. He's kind of, you know, sporting the red. Um, and it's just really subtle. Like, you know, you see, you see him in, you know, probably four or five scenes, but yeah. it's like, Oh, Hey, like there's the undertaker. The, um, the nanny, I think is where he made his biggest mistake. Cause both those movies did. Okay. <laughs> but the nanny, I yeah. just think he went way too far into the home alone territory where he's no longer dealing with families. This movie is strictly made for kids. I didn't hate it though. And that's the most shocking part. I was like, there's a couple solid laughs. Yeah. And, and really, uh, you know, they, I think what it, the way it bombed and the reason why it bombed is because, you know, I mean, they, really hard and they had, you know, European tours of it. And, and I know like, you know, that, that he obviously took a lot of time off, you know, wrestling to kind of do this and really promote this movie. This was, this thing was supposed to be huge and, and they put a lot of money into the marketing and, and, and everything like that. And it kind of just fell flat. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it's the trailer. When I watched the movie, I had no idea there was a whole action thing, the hostage thing. Like, uh, David Johansson, um, a.k.a. Buster Poindexter, plays the villain, and, and his thing is insane. I don't, I'm still grasping, like, he was this guy who was, like, a huge disco guy with massive hairdo, whatever, and then he burns somehow, and now he has a steel plate in his head, and he has, like, these mental breakdowns with massive headaches. I'm like, what the fuck? is going on <laughs> they never really explained that either it's just like you always having a headache oh no no he's not having a headache yeah but i think if you sold a little bit of the action it would have done better but i also believe maybe hulk hogan never was meant to be a theatrical guy he seemed to flourish later in the whole direct-to-video market yeah and and really like as as popular as he was i mean it, it, it's kind of crazy people still went paid to see these movies and and really, like, at, at some point, you kind of got to be like, oh, well, you know, that's it's kind of, you know, obviously, this isn't working out. You know, this is we're losing more money than anything on him. And, you know, I, I think he, he learned, you know, kind of got to stick to what what I do best. And that was with that. I mean, his 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 best performance may have been like in Rocky when he was Thunderlips. You know, <laughs> he, he, he played himself. Yeah, it's. I think Roddy Roddy Piper was a better actor, but he had even less yeah. success. He only had They Live as a theatrical release. Yeah, and uh, I, I hear the movie. Uh, I, I forget exactly what it's called, but the movie he's in, I, it, you know, his performance was was done really well. And you, know, you look back at some of the wrestlers. You know, there there are so many wrestlers out there, and there's a reason why they don't make the segue into you know big big budget you know movie acting because it's just it's not something you know they like i said they do that one gimmick and they do that one gimmick well and you know they grow up in the business and they know you know they have to play that one person that and that's it you know that person could be over the top you know you know you can you can be on on, on a microphone in interviews or in some instances you know you could have you know what they call in wrestling a mouthpiece where if somebody is talking for you you know you, you see someone as big as brock lesnar like he he doesn't really talk on the mic a whole lot. He's got he's got Paul Heyman to do that. So, you know, a lot of times you, you can just have the look. You can have charisma. You can be good at that, and and that's, that's going to get you far in, in the wrestling business. Right. I think a lot of it is the refusal to take acting lessons. You can see there's clearly a huge difference between John Cena when he did 12 rounds in the Marine and then what he's been doing the last few years. It's a huge leap. The same thing with uh, Dwayne Johnson. Look at him in Scorpion King and Rundown, and look at him now. I can't even. I, I, sometimes I forget he was ever a wrestler. Yeah, and and that's that's really dedication to want to do something other than I think wrestling, you know. And and back then, I'm I'm sure people aren't in that mindset of, 
you know, well, what's going to happen when I can't wrestle anymore? And obviously with Hulk Hogan, you know, there's, there's, he's always going to be known as the wrestler. He's not going to be known as an actor. He's not going to be known as anybody other than Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It's, I wonder if anybody else transitioned that I don't, I'm not, I'm forgetting, but I feel like it just took forever for people to become comfortable with uh, a wrestler becoming an actor. I mean, we still get them. I mean, we have like the Miz. He took over the Marine series. We have, um, uh, what's the, uh, Kane has done a couple of them, but it's not very common. Yeah. And, and really like in, in a sense they're, they're playing, I mean, Kane was, was a, you know, a murderer. Yeah. Oh, well, Steve <laughs> Which, Austin. I forgot. Oh, Steve Austin's done a bunch too, but he's playing yeah, Steve they, Austin. Yeah. And, and I mean, even, even those instances, like it's, it's just really hard to get away. I mean, you know, Dwayne Johnson doesn't get referred to as Dwayne the Rock Johnson anymore for a reason. You know, right. it's, it's really trying to separate himself from that wrestling and, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, the guy, as old as he is, can, can probably still lose, you know, I mean, not probably, he definitely can lace up some boots and still get in there and, you know, run with run with everybody else that's in there and in the business. But you know, he's he's just a freak of nature. He's just something else. Right. But I also think, doesn't Vince McMahon own the name The Rock? It's not his nickname. Like, he cannot use that unless it's a WWE production. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure they have it. And that's a big thing that I've, you know been listening to a lot of pod wrestling podcasts like that's the one thing like if if he can own it if he can own the name like it's you know it's his <laughs> yeah um so that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode i say check out all three movies they're wildly different they're not really good but they're entertaining as hell yeah and you know to touch a little bit little bit on the nanny it was really really cool seeing you know george jefferson in there and yeah you know doing his thing <laughs> And uh, I think the favorite part of that movie was the flashback scene when they're they're going back to when uh, when you were talking about taking the bullet for him and you know everybody had hair. Which is <laughs> I think this is low rent of me, but I love the electrocution in the bathroom scene. <laughs> it just kills me. It's so funny because usually we had a plague of those Home Alone ripoffs, and most of them don't yeah. work. And this essentially is one of those kind of movies, but some stuff works. Yeah, and I mean there was some laughs here and there. I did I did kind of. I think it was really funny having that, you know, big German guy, like really, really closely resembling, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, and uh, you know, it was it was kind of funny just to see some of the resemblance they're having with some of the other movies that did well. Yeah. Um, you know, of course that that's you know a lot of things with Hollywood back then is just kind of piggybacking off something. And, right. Right. You no. Know, and you know, getting there, getting getting Hulk Hogan involved. So. All right, so everybody, next year we'll be uh, continuing our show on Hit Rewind. Every once in a while we'll do a special about wrestling events throughout the last 40-so years. And uh, check us out on Facebook under Video Night. Trash Cinema is a spinoff of Video Night. And Andrew, thank you very much for this episode. No problem at all, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, way too long. Enjoy talking again. <laughs> yeah, it's been way too long, so hopefully, you know. It won't be as long next time. Uh, like I said, you know, it's always a joy to do these things with you. And anytime, man. All right, cool. Um, everybody, have a good night.